Welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Rising Podcast, Journeys of Descending into the Mysteries and Rising from the Roots. I am your host, Lisa Hillier, spiritual mentor and priestess. I have guided hundreds of women through my one-to-one mentorship, online courses, and Patreon portal into the mysteries within them to rise rooted into their sovereign selves. Today, I have Shiana Lee on the show with me. Shiana is a devotional doula of the feminine, a birth keeper, embodiment facilitator, and somatic holistic sex and relationship coach. She's holding space for truth and remembrance of the wild and sacred within. She is passionate about the womb arts, eros, union, and creating new paradigms of love and liberation through portals of transformation. And this is such a juicy episode where we dive into the realms of relationship, sex, the honeypot, all kinds of gorgeous magic. I can't wait to sink in with you. And if you feel called, please leave a rating or review for the episode. It helps so much to get these episodes out to a wider audience. And I would love if you sent me a snapshot on Instagram or through email of your review. I love seeing them, reading them, and just knowing how the podcast episodes are landing for you is my greatest joy. And so please share with all your friends that you feel would receive deeply from this episode. And if you feel called to make a financial contribution, please consider joining the Patreon portal. Can't wait to dive into this episode with you. Okay. Welcome, Shiana. Did I say it right? You did. Perfect. Good go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To the podcast. And I'm filming from the Pacific Northwest, beautiful ocean backdrop. So we're just going to go and flow with this. So if any, you know, wilderness noises come up in the background, it's, it's all perfect, but welcome. And we're going to start with the question of what has been the journey that has led you to the work that you're offering the world today. Hi, Lisa. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really grateful to be here. I'm really honored to be sitting in this space with you um, with such a delicious backdrop within the wilderness. Uh, I, (laughs) I feel like my journey that has led me here has definitely been a big journey of healing one of descent, one of trying to unravel and make sense of my own traumas and pain and uh, suffering that I basically moved through a lot when I was a child. Um, I talk about this a lot, actually, because I really feel that, yeah, in unraveling and trying to make sense of my own pain and trauma and like sexual assault and you know, all of these like big icky things, it really has become my my light, basically. It really has like transferred into the space that I am now where I can really offer that forward and has become like my, my mission and my purpose, which I think is really beautiful um, to move through and be in that space to like look back and go like, wow, like, you know, I've really moved through all of this. And then now I'm able to offer that to other people and other women. And yeah, it's been a rough journey. I'm not going to lie. It's been really brutal and 
really intense, um, but it's nice to be sitting here today and yeah, really feeling like a hole in my heart and like grateful, just really grateful. Mm-hmm. I think that's a piece that often people miss is that healers have often gone through the trenches themselves or just inner battles, inner wars, you know, really gone into the depths to be able to hold space for others. And so often their paths are literally the Phoenix rising, you know, those deep descents and rising and, and it doesn't stop. I remember like getting to that, like, oh, everything is so amazing, you know, quote unquote, honeymoon phase of life. And then, you know, the rug gets ripped out from underneath as it does on this planet. And yeah, here's another descent. I guess we just learn how to navigate it more effectively. Yeah. And differently. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It doesn't ever stop. It really doesn't. You always go back around and descend again. And sometimes it feels even deeper and and more dense than you remember ever being there and it feels like there's this it 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 literally feels like your body is being ripped out sometimes and pulled apart and dissected to sort of realign again and it's really really brutal and I'm I'm so glad that you said that because yeah people often forget because I feel like there is an element that we have seen in the past for decades of of healers and space holders and guides and mentors or whatever you want to call them where there kind of has been this kind of like a lens of separation I feel like Mm. almost like they're presenting a certain way and forgetting the human aspect and I feel like that's all coming down at the moment and we're really starting to see you know the human behind these people that are that are that have moved through it that have been through it that are mm. that have been in the trenches so it's really beautiful that you yeah. said that because it's it's how we connect and that's how we interconnect together um mm. yeah I love that that's how we connect because it's when we share our stories and our vulnerabilities and our truths of what is actually going on that we see the human nests in each other and I had a friend who was also a healer and she was like I thought we'd just be like ushering people through their healing journeys <laughs> you know kind of post-COVID and it's like no like she as well has had her most intense descent into the darkness in the past year and I'm like you know for the past three months I haven't been able to coach because of this deep dive into the darkness and it's like Right. That's the humanity. That's the humanness that is mm. part of this journey. So, so important not to lose the yeah. humanity in it. We're not on pedestals. No, absolutely. And I love that you, you know, even said that, you know, for the past three months, I haven't been able to coach. It's like there's this real essence of being incongruent with what is like true and what's mm. resonant. And following that now and not just showing up from a a place that just looks a certain way, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to sit with the descent, like the, I'm going to sit with the, you know, contraction here 
and just be with it without having to show up and and do and that's absolutely beautiful I think that that is the epitome of of how we should be moving with our bodies and moving with the energy that we're being called to sit with you know by whatever you want to call it the mystery god source creator whatever that universal energy is that is demanding us to stay and to hold and to stop like I think that's just really powerful that makes you show up even even greater and with a greater capacity to hold so really good yeah it's like going in to the cave that call into the cave into the the darkness and then just like you said you can step back into the light in a much more powerful way on the mm-hmm. other side for sure yeah what is that healing journey look like for you you just mentioned through sexual assault on mm-hmm. your path what is that journey looked like to reclaiming sexuality and I I I would say this is part that you work with clients on as well is that fair to say yeah Yeah. absolutely what does that healing process look like Mm. (laughs) it's a lifetime of work for myself personally um especially because obviously like I was a child like sexual assault uh and I had that in my system. So that was really imprinted in me. And then, you know, as I sort of awakened to my sexuality, that was the imprint that kept repeating. So I endured a lot of that sort of cycle of like domestic violence, physical, mental, psychological, sexual abuse for many years. That's really what I was calling in. And it wasn't until I feel I might have been 25 at the time. So I feel like, oh, a big piece I really want to bring into this space actually is the pendulum swing. I've really been sitting in this pendulum swing at the moment because I feel that sometimes on our healing journey, we have to like pendulum swing to the other side of things. So for me, I went through this really icky phase, but to me, when I was sitting at this space, I really honor this space because I feel like it was part of my descent and reclamation of my body. I kind of went hyper, hyper sexualized, I would say, and really moved through a space of owning my body and owning my sexuality and connecting how I did with with men and for me looking back and on my lens and how I view sexuality now it's it's a tricky space but I really want to call into it because I know a lot of women actually move into this space and then they hold a lot of like guilt and shame for moving into that pendulum swing where they own their sexuality they like have sex with they want they feel liberated in their body they kind of and, it, and it's a way to reclaim, but then they move through as they get older this, and I see it so often, that that shame and guilt of like, I used my body and did all this. and But I actually feel like that is that is part of the reclamation. It's the pendulum swing to the other spectrum of like, this is my body. I will use it how I want. I will connect with it how I want. And 
you know, I, I really want to speak at that. And then basically I moved into this space of celibacy because of course, um, and my spiritual path, I, I went through a really intense activation around 25 year old Mark and went completely celibate and moved through a lot of like spiritual practices, connecting with my body was really big and actually trying to come back into my body. And at that time too, I moved into a really intense time of body activation where I got pregnant and then found out that I had a liver disease at the same time. So it was really this intense anchoring into my body. And I feel like that was pretty much, that was like 11 years ago now, that was the start of like my total descent down because I got this illness. I I thought I was going to be sick for the rest of my life. And then obviously I was convinced that I had to uh, terminate the pregnancy because of this illness and which I did. And it was so much, it was so much for me to move through, but it was really my calling home. Like it really was this, it was the first time I ever felt my womb. It was the first time I really came in, you know, because of course, with all of that, I had, you know, drug abuse and alcohol abuse trying to sort of numb out and I was disassociated. Mm -hmm. So really that's when I began actually honoring my body actually trying to heal my body that was a massive thing I got into really learning about how emotions were stored in the body how the liver was this deep-seated anger that I was holding on to and then everything started to come into alignment of like I never processed what happened to me as a child like it was very repressed and shut down and never spoken about again And so I had to move through layers and layers of releasing the emotions, releasing the anger. And it's, it's been 11 years. Like just last year, I moved into this deep repatterning and deep kind of getting in there about my journey with the masculine, like my relationship Mm -hmm. to the masculine, which was so huge and and I'm married now you know and it's still bizarre to sit there and still see these like little intricate pieces that I was holding on to from my mother of and like from myself being assaulted of, of what I felt about men still deep inside so I did a lot of womb temples I did a lot of I went down sort of a tantric path for a fair bit um just, I really became a sponge for anything, uh, yoga, anything that really connected me to my body, my heart, my womb. Um, yeah. And then I obviously moved through this space of, yeah, journeying this, like doing sex coaching, relationships, somatic work. Um, and it wasn't my intention actually to do this as a profession or as a service. Mm-hmm. and. It really was just to sort of connect with my body and to come home and, and feel liberated in my body again and, and release the disgust and the shame and the, the trauma and the, yeah, connect 
basically. And so it's been very non-linear. It's been very deep. We've gone in and out and around. Um, But so many tools, so many practices. And then obviously um, the last few years I did, yeah, these really beautiful practices where I connected with, um, yeah, like God in in a sense, like God, that beautiful energy. And um, that has been a part of my journey as well, definitely really anchoring in and connecting back in and feeling that sort of wholeness from a space of being loved um yeah I feel like that is Mm. that is it that's a big that's been the journey (laughs) that's a big journey it's a big journey journey. I love that um there's there's nothing linear about life and especially not the healing journey it is like an onion and it's layer after layer after layer and when there's trauma you know, so many people will be just let it go, just let it go. You know, that's kind of the older generation's way of yeah. dealing with things. And it's like your body will come to a point where it literally says no. And it's it's not a process of letting it go. It's a process of going into it and dismantling it or learning how to to work with it. I I uh work with a somatic experiencing therapist and with CPTSD. And I was like, is this something that I can heal? Um, because nobody talks about how during menopause, all your trauma can come back. Just a little thing that I experienced, uh, with menopause and yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I was speaking to CPTSD, he was just like, it look at it as if you hurt your arm and you're always going to have to tend to that arm. It's the same thing with trauma. It leaves a soft imprint and it's something that you learned to work with you know in, in a beautiful way or tend to and nourish yeah in I a beautiful way as opposed to a life sentence you know and so mm. it's the layers and coming back to it and coming back to it and yeah. um yeah just tending to it in a powerful way it. yeah so can you talk about healing the the wound of the masculine and mm-hmm. how that wound can show up and what it can can do in relationship does that make sense the way I'm wording it absolutely um, and how you can start to heal the wound with the masculine mm. This is such a big question as well and something I've been really sitting in for the last couple of years because it was really interesting. I feel like for a lot of my life, I did a lot of healing with the feminine, especially because I was only raised by my mother. So my mother was my my big imprint. And so I definitely moved through healing with the mother and like connecting with earth and like sort of this goddess or, or or mother energy. And it was really interesting because when I started obviously connecting with a more sort of masculine essence of God, that really shifted everything in my entire sphere and trickled down into my relationship, like so many things, money, even my, my, my intimacy, sex, like it really 
started coming through on so many layers. And it was stuff that I didn't, it, it was so, I was, must have been oblivious to it. <laughs> and I knew that the way we felt about the masculine really does affect like the, the type of men we call in, the type of partners we call in. But it goes so much further than that. Like it even affects like my business, how I show up in my business, how I relate to my business, the structuring process in my business. Um, and it's been such a, it's been deep. I think as women, so as like, if we want to say like the feminine, it's it's not so much. And this is the things that we usually get taught in sort of, sort of the spirituality lens and I love looking at everything from certain lenses uh, so a lot of the spirituality lens is like balancing sort of the masculine and feminine internally and what I find really interesting is that that doesn't actually show up like how we relate to the masculine externally right and so I think that there was this whole paradigm shift when I was like, I am feminine, like my pole internally and how I chose to come into this life was a feminine being. And like, how do I relate to the masculine in relationship, um, in my marriage, you know, the masculine as God sort of presence, you know, that penetrative force of energy. And it's been a lot of somatic work, a lot of deep-seated body work, because as we know, we don't just conceptualize and hold things in our in our brains. We hold them much deeper. And I had to go back in my, my lineage and I had to really sit with how my mother taught me to think and feel about the masculine and move through. And it was icky. And I'm still very much moving through this process. I'm not going to be you know, and because it, it's so hard as women and as the feminine, I believe, and this is mostly the type of people I work with, which I, I find funny because I do work with a lot of, a lot of women and a lot of beautiful people who have experienced like sexual trauma, sexual abuse. And it's, it's so weird to sit in this space where you have to open up to basically the abuser like the one who basically was the perpetrator of this assault or these traumas and it's such a weird dynamic but it's something and I love what you shared about tending to the wound over and over because these things are so big they do it's like about integrating it and allowing yourself to soothe it and nourish it while still remaining open to the masculine but I mean it's so big because it's it's bleeded everywhere into our society uh with the wave of feminism and the way we view masculine masculinity and our men and it's been such an interesting process because I believe that as as women as fem the feminine we have the ability to move so much energetically within society, within our relationships, with everything. So I feel like there is an element of working with this so that we show up differently in our relationships. We call in different men. We, we 
energetically set the tone for men to rise in their own, you know, masculine essence. And I do believe that we can change the world by doing this. Call me optimistic, but I really feel (laughs) there's this element of moving with our own shit, like really showing up radically Mm. responsible for what we're holding in our body and our system and processing it to to change to change that paradigm completely Mm -hmm. yeah beautifully said can you speak to just use the words I'm a feminine being and I'm in my feminine pole and oftentimes in the personal development world I've used it as well in the past couple couple years ago it's like balancing your inner masculine and your inner feminine Mm -hmm. and when I think about that I'm not in my masculine a whole lot. And I'm like, do I want them balanced? I've been in certain times in my life, very much in my masculine, but the older I get, the less like no more go, 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 (laughs) or, um, you know, very goal oriented linear, that kind of thing. And so that part of me is not really there, but you see that balancing your inner masculine and inner feminine. I think it's so beautiful. It's like, I'm a woman my pole is the feminine. I can access my masculine, but I don't need to be in it 50% of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we see. You know, I, I we see that a lot in the spiritual community. Yeah. That balancing 50, 50. And, and I used to definitely feel and believe and, and move with that as truth. But something has definitely shifted within me the last few years to believe that, yeah, I'm actually feminine. Exactly like you said, I'm feminine. I I feel feminine. I am predominantly feminine. And there's this whole element of actually being held by the masculine. And so being held by the masculine to me is, is in all things, like it's, it's shows up as how we relate to the masculine. So being held in my relationship and my marriage, being supported by my business, being, you know, cared for by God and being cherished by God and opening up to to that presence. And it's like a relational thing. And I think that that's where that delicious like polarity sort of comes up and like, you know, you get that spark of, of birthing things into creation. And I find that, yeah, we definitely can call on this masculine and really we're talking about energy. Like, you know, a lot of people really move into this space of, especially in the polarity world uh, and the traditional um, traditional world, they move into like gender roles and gender like men and women. And to me, when I really sit into the truth of, this world and my body and everything around it, it really is an energetic expression. So like you said, you can definitely cultivate this energetic expression internally of the masculine. You can definitely like balance them out. You can't see my little air quotes here, but air quotes, balance them out. But I definitely feel there's more life with being there's more life force and there's more energy 
we're sitting in the truth of like your energetic expression. And if that's feminine, beautiful. And then allowing Mm. yourself to be penetrated by the masculine around you. There's so much, yeah, there's so much like eros in that. There's so much more being moved by the energetics and like allowing yourself to soften and open up. Um, It just feels different. Like it texturally feels different to my body to relate to it that way. It feels like a softening, yeah, like a, like a breath, like a, yeah. Yeah. It feels like that magnetic radiant energy that is so, you know, prevalent in the feminine and allowing that to, to guide the way. Yeah. Can you speak to feminism? Did I say that right? Feminism? Yeah. Feminism. (laughs) Mm. And, um, you know, I've had many men on the podcast that have spoken to it and where it kind of led us astray. Um, but I would love to hear your, your take on it and what it has done to for women, you know? Yeah. I feel like this is so here in the collective at the moment, right? I feel like we're unraveling so much. Um, and I, it's, it's really powerful to actually be, oh, so good to be here in this time and space, isn't it? Sometimes I'm in awe, holy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I see, when I look at things, I look at things from a very sort of meta perspective. So I very much like zoom out and see things. It's one of my, that's just how I view things. Um, but I definitely feel with, with everything, with everything, there is truth and there is falsity there is like an illusion weaved intertwined with it and when we look at it like this I think we're up to like the third wave of feminism at the moment the third or fourth wave I can't remember I think so I I think it's the I don't know third or fourth but I've seen some videos of the third wave of feminism and I don't even Mm. know what that looks like what the third wave looks like okay beautiful that's where I'm taking it perfect So I feel like with the first wave of things, with the first essence of things, they come from a very like mostly pure space, you know, unless it's like a a psyop and it's an inversion in its totality. Um, Most times there is a real thread of truth that is being projected into the collective for healing. And we see that with the first wave feminism, there was a rise of obviously women not wanting to be oppressed, women wanting to have like these these rights, uh, which they should have. And there was this real essence of of truth in that. Like there was a real good wave of it coming through. Of, And then it kind of takes on its own pulse sometimes. It takes on its own pulse. As we get further and get pulled further away, it takes on a little bit more of the inverted essence sometimes or the illusion. And then it can take us down a path of what I like to think of as, yeah, the pendulum swing or like extremism. And I definitely feel that we have moved through that territory uh, a lot. There is now there's a lot of 
that the, the scales are unbalanced. There's a lot of hatred towards masculinity, masculine patriarchy, uh, all of these things, which is totally flipping out our collective. But on one level, I think sometimes that pendulum swing to the extreme has to be has to be moved through before we move back into like that equilibrium, mm. that sort of zero point between the two extremes. So if we look at it like that, there's this real divine purpose for it. There's this real reclamation and liberation and all of that. But also it has definitely left its heavy marks on the extremism. And, and we're seeing a lot of feminine beings, a lot of women move through that, that hatred, that, that fear, that closure, that contraction, that and just severing lots of things that are actually of goodness, of truth. Um, so it's really interesting. And then we start to see the split and divide, right? Where we're seeing the, the people coming back and reclaiming that sort of homesteading traditional lives and being housewives. And, and that is an extreme in and of itself. And then we see this whole other extreme opposite end of the pendulum where they're a boss babe and can do everything themselves and kind of reject anything that is masculine whilst still being totally in their sort of wounded feminine I like to say or their shielded armored feminine you're portraying as the masculine and it's it's really interesting because I feel there was a place there was a thread of truth and there was an essence of reclamation and liberation but in all things, there's always that that falsity, that illusion that's kind of been woven in there for a purpose that is not ours, a purpose that actually mm. strays us from the path of, of what is true. Yeah, I love that. I today was looking at land um, where the neighbors had goats and they were <laughs> on the land I was looking at and everything so that homesteading it's like exactly what so many people are returning to that really ancestral way of living which is yeah yeah. I think it's necessary it's almost like coming back to the village and community and supporting one another as opposed to the extreme isolation we all experienced with you know the pandemic and everything for your coaching and and how that shows up, what does it look like or with your clients, how does it show up in relationship, this wound with the masculine? So, you know, kind of how relational dynamics work from a wounded masculine place or hatred of men or however that wants to look. And then what does it look like when a woman is really in her feminine pole and more in co-creation with the masculine Mm. oh even when you just say that I just I feel myself melting because you can really feel the energy of those two things right you can really feel the opening and the closing and it's it's so interesting but I find a lot of the times when I do see clients and and women are holding this this imprint of the masculine or these paradigms or conditioning or beliefs, whatever you want to call them in their body and system, they definitely have a harder time with 
connecting with life in general, I find. It's not just because I feel like sex is is life, right? Like sex is the epitome of like life creation, everything all rolled in, the mystery, the the intertwining. And it's like they actually it can show up physically in their bodies. So they can have physical pain in their bodies. They can have numbness, disassociation, disconnection in their bodies, uh, all sorts of like PCOS, endometriosis, like all of these physical, real physical things, really tight pelvic floor, you know, unsatisfying sex, like all of this can show up within their partners. And then I also find that they move through a lot of um, emasculation of men, uh, of subtly without even realizing it they it, it's kind of moves it's it's subtle little mm, subtle little knives in their in their relationship and in their life which I feel that you can then shows up in the physical like the physical is the last layer so basically if they're feeling all of these physical symptoms it's already moved through every part of their their being emotionally uh, yeah, they can be really closed in general, feel this sense of like calcification in their body and like hardening, close to money, unable to receive money, unable, you know, unsatisfied, it shows up so much and the dynamic is so off and relationships are tougher. Like it, it's no wonder that I believe that we're seeing such a high rate of relationship breakdowns and divorces at this point in time because there is this imbalance in in both actually because men have been affected by this too absolutely and then you know on the male side on the on the masculine side they you know they there's this whole thing about them being feminized at the moment but I just believe that it's it's wounded masculine right it's shut down as well it's it's closure they're unable to receive this like opening and this essence of the feminine which to me is like love and heart expression and because they're cut off from that because the feminine is closed in heart they're unable to then fully penetrate they're they're unable to show up fully in their masculine presence and like penetrate life and you know that is huge in and of itself like sexually and then therefore what we're seeing around us in in the world because we need our men we need our masculine penetration we definitely need that and then that's when you see it sort of really 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 become unbalanced there's nitpicking there's projection there's unresolved they move into rupture really quickly and then unable to repair um and when they're when they come together and when they work on that and when they start sort of balancing that out a little bit and you know the feminine starts to open again and and really give the heart again and the man really stands strong and is able to penetrate and really hold and support it's it's so powerful like every time I'm in that space with uh, with a couple uh, 
it actually shifts me internally. Like I, I'm brought to tears with clients because it's actually so powerful that it does something, not just to them and like it, it moves around them to those. I know that sounds so funny to say, but I move to tears by it each and every time because it, it sends like an energetic pulse around them that just moves shit like it's just truth it's just I have no words really I'm actually just blown away because it's it's rare actually that we we get to see that and we get to feel that and it's I, I believe that's where we're moving to. I believe that's where we've seen all of these pendulums swing and all of this erratic chaos. And it's and it's so simple to move back into that space. Simple and complicated and brutal at the same mm. time. Let's not be, it's all intermingled. But I, I do believe that that is the place where we're moving into. And to me, union and this reclamation of the feminine and this reclamation reclamation of the masculine doesn't have to look a certain way so even though I'm talking about union and, and relationships it's it's so much more than that like it's so much deeper like you don't have to choose to be in a relationship you know what I mean it's like union with all that is masculine coming from that space that's like an embodied feminine and being in service you know like it's powerful. People can feel that it it's a transmission in and of itself um, yeah. to help. Yeah. Heal. Feels like that co-creative space as opposed to we're against each other. It's like, we're on, we're working together and that can be just like you said with men or it can be with God or yeah. with just the men, you know, on the yeah. planet for sure, where it's Absolutely. not this war with them. Not this war. Mm, and that's so true. And that's when we move into this, like, like you said, that co-creational, like weaving space with like, not just our intimate partner, but with all things. And that, and that's where we're moving. I, I truly have to just say that, that putting it out there, it's, it's happening. Yeah. It's shifting. <laughs> I believe it's truth too. That is yeah. definitely, definitely where we're moving. Do you see with clients any um, thread that is together with the masculine wound and the sisterhood wound? Or are they completely separate like that? They're so intertwined. They're so intertwined. And it's interesting that you just brought up that going to war with each other because that is so prevalent in our collective. And really that begins with us, like stop going to war with ourselves, right? And I spoke about this before about the shame and the guilt. It, it all begins internally, like the paradigms that we see externally begins within, right? And really that going to war with others begins at going to war with self. And so we see that within the sisterhood wound because we go to war with each other all the times. So there's this real collective, and I talk about this a lot too, somatically in our bodies that has been, you know, perpetrated, has been 
in survival mode from other women from long ago because that's how we had to survive, right? Through witch trials, when we were objects and sold and traded off and all of these things, it's really imprinted us that we kind of had to stick to ourselves for survival instead of connecting. And so that's heavily, that wound is heavily seeded within us. And then that wound is actually played upon with marketing, with like, that's the pain point they really pull at, right? The pretty, feeling like we have to be prettier than other women, feeling like we have to be better, feeling like we're in competition with other women is so used against us in the society. And then that kind of weaves onto having to compete for men, like having to really, and it's so intertwined that working on one, like working on the sisterhood wound and coming together in collaboration and in connection and weaving together actually rewires this survival programming we have in our bodies which then rewires like our masculine wounding that we're holding on to that, you know, out of survival, because that is, that is the element. Like it's, it's fear. It's just deeply seeded fear in our bodies from trauma. And so that fear can manifest in so many different ways in our body and our being and how we show up. And I feel like once we get to that, And it's ultimately like the fear of death, right? Like if we really boil it down, it's the fear of dying. And so that shows up in in so many ways. And it's so relevant that we're talking about this right here, right now, right? Because of what your podcast is about and what these stories and Mm. conversations about, it's like really getting to the root and the fear of death can help us move and shift through these dynamics and how we show up in them. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said, does the honey pot that was on your Instagram, the honey pot, what is the honey pot? And does that play into that at all? Like that kind of death and mm. rebirth and. Absolutely. I love, I love the honey pot. Oh my God. It's so beautiful, but it is, to me, it's like where I first started and this is kind of coming, circling back around when I first started connecting to my body in a more like sacred way. I started way back, you know, a decade ago, I started researching about like how to heal and it was from shutdown from my husband actually. So in intimacy, I was finding I was having a lot of pain. I was having a lot of like contraction and shut down towards my husband it was so interesting because it was I'm pretty sure it was like when we got married so when we transitioned into a deepened relationship and I was so safe I was like oh my god here's all my here's all my wounds here's all my shit they come to the surface to be really witnessed and seen so I started dismantling this and I started connecting with like sacred touch, like self-touch, like really trying to come back and anchor into my body after a lifetime of disassociation and disconnection. And then I found the jade egg, which obviously is that egg. And because I was so tight in my pelvic bowl and I started doing a lot of research, obviously from my liver, (laughs) moving through that, um, 
how us as the feminine actually really hold so much trauma, emotions, pain, um, energy in our in our vulva, in our vagina, in our hips, in our womb. Because um, obviously, I had a very intense traumatic experience with you know termination, and um, definitely moved through that process. So there was a lot of like reclamation of body in that and so the honeypot basically does that the honeypot is like moving through those tools that I first use to connect to my body to connect with my pleasure to connect with like my pussy my vagina like all of these spaces and release a lot of um yeah a lot of wounds that I had a lot of trauma that I had and really just sort of anchor in because to me the cervix is really the cervix, the the vagina, the womb is so, 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 so important. And it's one of the places that we actually look last, I find, as as women, as feminists, like the last place we go or, but it's the place where we hold so much like religious conditioning, like shame, guilt. Um, And even if you weren't raised religious, it's like still seeded in your DNA from colonialism and the rise of Roman empire. Like it's so deep and it's, it's interesting. Um, But I feel like that has been my anchoring and like my homecoming. So yeah, it does move through like de-armoring practices, jade egg, like feeling energetically that space and, and coming home to there, which I believe as the feminine is really important because it's our portal to receiving. It's our portal to opening. Mm. It's our portal to birth. Like it's so important. Yeah. 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 What is the magic of the cervix? Does anything come up for you around that? What the cervix holds? (laughs) So much. (laughs) I actually believe that the cervix, and this is just like in my own findings and my own like understanding and descent that I believe that the cervix is is the portal to the other world right it it really is this delicious space where we connect into that you know really helps us connect with the unseen and I think that that is our gift as the feminine I find that the cervix is one of those places that yeah it it's so delicious like it connects to our vagus nerve and it connects to therefore our entire body, like our whole nervous system. It connects, there's a thread of connection between like the cervix and and the throat and how we use our voice and speak our boundaries because the the womb and the throat were the first two cells that were created in in utero and um, like our vaginal opening and and our mouth. So they're really interconnected like from one of the cells and the cervix is definitely also a portal to the heart. Like it's, there's this really delicious thread energetically and also physically that actually allows us to, to connect with the heart. That's why people have these really transformational, like God experiences, I believe when they connect in with the cervix, um, via intimacy or via de-armoring it's like this portal of like love and and that's really important when we look at birth as well um because they pass through that portal right and and I find that the Mm -hmm. cervix is one of those places that actually does hold a lot of trauma as well like a lot of 
disconnection. So when we work on this layer, it, it really does just open us up um, energetically, spiritually, emotionally. Um, yeah, it's it's really pivotal. Like it's it's the root, like it's the foundation, I believe, of the feminine and one of those places that often gets overlooked, um, but very important. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the cervix and the connection with the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. What What do IUDs do? from like I know that they I've had many IUDs in the past okay I've never no had more, one but okay but I've, so it's you know inserted into the cervix I'm just yeah. curious what that does to the nervous system and does anything it's, come up for you around that is it the one with the hook like is it the teeth looking thing the that tea. they kind of yeah that they put and it's quite painful right to be cervix. removed isn't it yeah. Yes. It's very painful either to have it put in. I think yeah. removal it's, I think they're both painful. If I remember it's been many, many years since I had one, but I'm just curious what that would do to the nervous system, the vagus yeah. nerve, if they're so connected. Disconnection. I mean, I think it would be a, a trauma for sure. It would be a trauma, a disconnection for sure. Because the way I, I remember and recall it in my mind is like, it sits in this spot, which actually yeah like disconnects the cervix from from your body like it disconnects that place and it's interesting you say that because I know so many women who move through um that have IUDs and then move through like numbness and disconnection and and like pain when they're having sex that's like a common thing I hear and like that's it irritates the cervix like it it irritates the you wouldn't be able to connect fully. Like one of the most beautiful things is connecting with your, this is why sex is so powerful. And we, and we need, because you're connecting with the entire, you know, the entire mm-hmm. body, the entire energetic field. It's like you're stimulating that. And that's why people move through healing processes and cathartic releases sometimes when they have sex and women cry and all of these powerful things and so if that is like numbed out or disconnected or in pain or irritated that would absolutely affect how we show up in our body how we feel our body even in our relationship absolutely just like birth control like numbs you out and you pick partners that you're not chemically aligned to um mm. which is very interesting and then when people come off it it's mm-hmm. like I'm a whole new woman <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel there there is yeah, I mean, all, I'm I'm very not, um, I'm a little bit radical in my approach with these sorts of things that disconnect us from our body. And um, yeah, I would say that that would have an effect, absolutely. But again, I don't have like a medical prof- profession just sitting in my own like felt sense of this yeah. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I would definitely, and I don't have a, a medical background in any sense either, but I feel like it's, it's something foreign in your body that is causing yeah. a, a disruption and that's going to create a disconnection of some sort. And I know, you know, when I was growing up, everybody just went on birth control and did that for many years and then had an IUD after I had my d- daughter. So I wasn't putting any hormones in my body. It was a copper one. So it was a much better option, but it, I feel mm-hmm. like the conversation around birth control is coming up a lot more yeah. where we're talking more about the 
the, can you hear my dog crying in the background? Yeah, it's beautiful. The wilderness. I love it. <laughs> joining oh, it's my in. dog. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He's chiming in. Um, yeah, the, the conversation is just becoming louder, I guess, on, on what actually happens to our bodies when we're on that. birth control or IUDs, all that kind of stuff. Right. What's been your, what actually I want to ask this first, what, what was the lessons or what did you gain through celibacy? Does anything come up for you around oh. what was so powerful about celibacy? So much. I believe that everybody should take a, I, I everybody should, I shouldn't say that. Um, it is powerful to move through any fasting process, I believe. And moving through fasting and choosing to abstain from from sex and intimacy, dating, everything I did. Um, I decided I was on a no man, no man, and I still connected with them with friends, but definitely that was anything else. Um, I really found myself in that place. I really, especially after my bout of moving through this reclamation over this like kind of contorted essence of like you know misuse or whatever you want to say no guilt or shame for that whatsoever but definitely moved into a place of internally like knowing myself knowing my my worth like such a beautiful moment of like knowing my worth finding my joy again and I know that sounds so funny but it was such a refocus on myself and I find this really interesting actually because I met my husband after I went celibate which is quite interesting in and of itself right um, and yeah I really moved through a space of like returning to my heart returning to my joy caring for my body in a different way. Like my body was not used for anybody else's pleasure. Like my body was used as more of like a devotional honoring space. Like it was such, I, I loved my body probably for the first time in my life uh, when I went celibate. And it was just because it was like my body, my, my temple, like it got me around, like it, I learned so much that it's hard to actually put into words. And I still go through moments of like celibacy, um, even in my marriage, like even in my relationship, I move through bouts of actually abstaining um, just to bring all my energy sort of back and reclaim it and, and feel more sort of whole. Because when we're opening ourselves up, we are exchanging our energies. Like there's no if, buts, or maybes about it. And it is really just like this total, this total space of just like calling it all back and, and really getting in tune and in alignment with like you, your essence, your energy, your, your purity, your innocence, your eroticism and and then moving from that space again and opening up from that space is really, really powerful. Yeah. It feels like that ultimate coming home to yourself and being yeah. with what, what is right here within, yeah, within your own body. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. What's been your biggest lesson along the way? Mm. My biggest lesson along the way is to 
not refuse what is in the moment, to be with what is. And to me, that feels like being with your body. That's being with the emotions that are present. That's slowing down so you can like feel the energetic pulse in a moment in a person and this has like no tangible words I believe but it really is about being with what is without wanting to escape from it so many times in our lives we get everything seems to be a distraction everything seems to be we're overstimulated we're on our phones we're you know, working, like it's so much overstimulation and it's like you really need to slow it all down and and be with what is. And I believe that being with what is, is like, is, is to me being with the feminine and the masculine at once, like both of them um, and allowing them to move through you, allowing them to be uh, without labels or boxes. And I believe that that is, really the magic and the element that we as a society and as a people have lost actually um, I feel like it's really important to come back to that because it, when we're with what is like that is that is ultimate truth that is ultimate like bringing us into the love of what is instead of the refusal to be with with it yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a powerful one. Letting the stories fall away and just be exactly with what is, as opposed to creating a bunch of stories and beliefs and limitations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. like going deeper and deeper. Like, absolutely agree with that. Like, what mm -hmm. is underneath? What is underneath the story? What is underneath the narrative? What is underneath that belief? What is truly yeah. here right now? That's powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah how do you experience the mysteries mm, that being with what is <laughs> moment to moment um I feel like I've been dancing with the mysteries uh for a couple of years actually and I practice this I actually believe it's a bit of a practice um I show up in devotion to what is, which to me is always a mystery. <laughs> moment to moment, I feel very embodied in my, yeah, connecting with that, like over and over again. And it is really a moment to moment expression and experience um, and surrendering to that, like really surrendering to that. So much more moves through you. The mystery is just such like to me, the mystery is the abyss, like the mystery is the feminine. And um, at the same time, it can be the mass. It's such a convoluted yeah. part of who we are as humans. Mm. Yeah. Like it's no thing, but everything all in the same <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Vastness is never ending. Oh, powerful. How do you, how do you root into the self? Oh. I root into the self by rooting into nature actually a lot. I have a very deep and connection with nature and the earth. And I can find, uh, I, I can lose myself 
when I actually disconnect from the earth. And I know that sounds so bizarre to a lot of people, but I can tell when I haven't, um, I haven't connected to the earth because I actually truly believe the earth is a part of me. And I spend a lot of time connecting with the sun, connecting with flowers, connecting with nature. And, and that is where I feel like my true self. Um, I also really connect with the self when I actually intimately dance with another person. Like I know that like when you're the most rawest, like wildest expression, I connect with myself like in water because I just am deeply connected to bodies of water. And yeah, I definitely do make a very conscious effort. And I feel like this is me tending to my own wounds over and over again to really connect with my body in a way that is um, devotional, reverence, honoring, sacred. Uh, because yeah, that is how I connect, obviously, to my internal energies and heart over and over again. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. It's like we're part of the earth and that grounding into her and receiving from her and being in co-creation with her for sure. Yeah. Powerful. Is there anything so powerful and so necessary for us to come into true union Mm. on this planet, you know, with ourselves and yeah, into a beautiful space. Is there anything else that you want to add to this beautiful conversation before we close love? Any offerings or anything I haven't touched on Mm, I think I think everything was beautiful and I just really wanted to say thank you for having me and sharing this space where we've co-created together Um, it's been really beautiful and really powerful I've really loved it so thank you so much you're welcome do you want to share where people can find you and if you have any offerings right now Yes, absolutely. I can be mostly found on Instagram at Shiana Lee. I also have a website, shianalee.com. And I do have offerings all the time. I, I move into like deep uh, womb work, de-armoring work uh, as like one-off sessions. Um, I do grief work to help support people through like miscarriages, abortions, things like that. Um, I have a lot of offerings all the time. I have the honey pot if you're interested in that. And I do do like mentorship spaces, but I do have a wait list for those ones because they're more deepening uh, descent of like three months. And so they, they're a very big space. Um, but yeah, you can just reach out to me at any time, um, connect and yeah, see what I've got, what I'm flowing with at the time. <laughs> beautiful and it'll be in the show notes where everybody can reach out to you and experience your your magic so thank you love thank you so much thank you so much for joining me for an episode of the phoenix rising podcast please like share download subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and i will see you next week for another episode on the phoenix rising podcast sending so much love